Hello to everyone in the building and hello to everybody watching at home online or those that yeah, have the privilege of watching it at some obscure hour because you can because it's online. So. <laughs> so as Sarah said this morning, I'm going to be continuing on really where, <clears throat> where Ben left off last week. And Ben was talking about why it is that we should share our faith. And this morning, I'm just going to spend a little bit of time talking about how we can share our faith and how we can do that practically so just by a show of hands, who here this morning has signed up and has been attending the Soul Winners Boot Camp course? Let's see a show of hands. Oh, that is absolutely awesome to see so many of you here this morning. Since being on that course, have people had fun with it since, since being on the course? I know like the first few weeks when, when Andy Elms, who's been leading that, was sort of talking about it, I was sort of thinking like, oh, how am I going to do this? Like, how am I actually going to outwork it? As the week's gone on, I must say my confidence has grown and I've, I've, I've started having some fun with it. And this morning, I just want to share with you just a few of those stories of really what's taken place over the last couple of weeks, just give you some examples. And really, more than anything, it's just to encourage you and to inspire you. And first of all, I just want to share just really testimony of sharing with one of my colleagues at work. And it was through prayer and fasting when we were giving out those alpha cards. And on there, we were, we've been encouraged to write down people to, to, to invite, but also to pray that they would come along to that course. And throughout prayer and fasting, I was praying. I was sort of thinking, you know, who, who should I invite along? And I'm quite a practical person, so I was sort of thinking, well, who, if I actually ask, is realistically going to come along? I came out from a very practical level. But I felt challenged that really I should do it in faith. And, and when I was praying about that, it was through prayer and fasting. I was out on a walk, and I feel like the Holy Spirit dropped a name into my heart. And it was someone who I'd never really thought about before, someone I'd not really considered about inviting before. And they, they work within another company, within the group. So I don't always see them on a day-to-day basis or interact with them. But I felt Holy Spirit said, invite that person. And a, a couple of weeks later, I was in the office. And it was really quite a unique situation because it was just me and this other person. And it doesn't happen very often. Normally, there's other people in the office. There's other people coming and going. But it was just me on my own. I thought, perfect. This is my opportunity. So just started talking just naturally as you do, having a conversation. And I dropped the F-bomb. I asked him, do you have a faith? <laughs> you wonder where I was going with that then, didn't you? <laughs> but I just asked him, do you have a faith? I could have asked that drop that bomb because he was taken back because I, I would say we're colleagues, we're friends, we talk, but never talked about anything on this sort of subject before. And he was taken aback and he, he began to share with me that he, he grew up in a Catholic school, brought up within an element of faith, but didn't necessarily have that faith himself. However, quite recently, one of his, his family members had been going through a di- difficult situation, and he felt like praying for that family member. And all of a sudden, that conversation opened up where we were able to start talking about prayer, and we were able to start talking about faith, and we exchanged mobile numbers, and I've, I've texted him the details about Alpha and, and spoke to him about it, and I'm praying that he will come along. But the great thing is, it started a conversation, it's planted a seed, and I wanted to just encourage you with that. And for those of you that have signed up to the, the boot camp course, you'll also know alongside it that there's a book as well. And really this morning, there's, there's only so much I can pack into 30 minutes. There's only so much you can pack into a five-week course. And I would say really for, for anyone who calls himself a follower of Jesus, 
I would challenge you to invest in yourself to be effective in sharing your faith. And the book is a great thing and a great way of doing that. So I'd encourage you, if you've not signed up for the course, go get this book. If you've signed up for the course, still go get this book. If you've done neither of those things, go get this book. Because in reading this and in preparation for this message today, it's awoken something in me. It's fanned a flame in my heart for this. And my prayer for us this morning that each of us would go out encouraged and inspired to share our faith. So this morning, I'm just going to share some highlights from the book. I've, it's, it's blatant plagiarism. I'm, I'm going to put my hands up there. And what I want to share with you is just some of the, the great teaching things from the book, but also just some of the things that have stood out for me. So if they've helped me, I'm hoping that they're going to help you as well. So... In the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul talks about different spiritual gifts. And in there, he talks about the gift of an evangelist. And I've got a definition up here for you from the dictionary of what evangelism is. And the Oxford English Dictionary says this about evangelism. So evangelism is the spreading of the Christian gospel by public preaching or personal witness. And there are different ways that we can evangelize. We can do it in settings like this publicly from a stage we can do it where you i'm sure you've seen people going out into maybe public places and declaring the gospel that way there are different ministries whose sole purpose is to outreach and and to reach people but specifically for us today and what i want to focus on today is about personal and lifestyle evangelism So I thought a good place to start would be to look at, well, what does the Bible say about us sharing our faith? And Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 16, we see Jesus here given a command. And this is what Jesus says. It says, and he said to them, go into all of the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And what we read here is a commission that Jesus gave to the disciples. But this commission was not just for the disciples, but actually this commission is for all followers of Jesus. That's for me and that's for you. And in the 21st century, we have just as much responsibility for this great commission as the disciples did 2,000 years ago. And we need to take this great commission seriously. And it is the Great Commission. It's not the Great Suggestion. I did take that from the book. I'm not that funny. <laughs> but when I was thinking about this, who here likes Subway sandwiches? Does anyone want a fan of Subway? Don't want to make you hungry, I'm aware. Lunch is only around the corner. I love Subway sandwiches. And the reason why Subway sandwiches is so good is because when you go in there, you've got that counter with every topping imaginable. You've got every bread you could ever want. And you can make your own perfect sandwich. But the other reason why I like Subway sandwiches is because I'm a little bit fussy as well. And as much as there are things I like, there's lots of things I don't like as well. So mushrooms is on that list. Now, with Subway, you can pick the things you like and you can leave the things that you don't. And I think the the problem for us as Christians and followers of Jesus is sometimes we can do that. We can pick the things we like. We say, Jesus, I'll take your salvation. God, I'll believe in your promises. I'll believe in your favor. I'll believe in your blessings. But then when it comes to the challenging things, the more difficult things, it's a bit like, well, I'll leave that off my sandwich. 
And evangelism can be like that. It's not always easy. It can sometimes make us feel vulnerable and make us feel uncomfortable. But I want to encourage you this morning to put that to one side. And I've got a great quote for you here from James Hudson Taylor. And he was a missionary who went to China in the late 1800s. And he said this about the Great Commission. The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is the command to be obeyed. And when we read this commission, it can sometimes feel a little bit overwhelming. So what I want to do is is break that down for us today. You see, going out into all the world first starts with our own world. God wants us to have a sense of responsibility for our own unique local world. And each of us have been positioned in unique places. And we all have different relationships with people. And we have an opportunity to reach that world. And in verse 15 there, it says, preach the gospel. Now, I don't know what mental picture comes to mind for you when you think about preaching the gospel, but for me, quite often I visualize someone maybe standing on a soapbox kind of somewhere in public, sort of shouting at people as they go by. But what if we were to change that word preach this morning? And what if we were to replace it with a word like communicate, tell, discuss, How much less intimidating is that for us now? So go into all the world and tell people about Jesus. Go into your workplace and communicate about Jesus. All of a sudden, it has a different emphasis. You see, Jesus simply wants us to go and tell people about him in a way that is natural to us. He wants us to be true to who we are. You see, when you're in your workplace or your your classroom, your university, you wouldn't get up on the desk and just start proclaiming to everybody in the room. It just wouldn't be well received, would it? And I believe what Jesus wants us to do is communicate in a way that is fitting for our surroundings. Don't be weird about it. Don't be weird about sharing your faith. Just be you. And don't forget that lifestyle evangelism, it's just as much about what we say as it is about what we do, the way in which we live our lives. But continuing with that scripture in verse 16, it goes on to say, those who do not believe will be condemned. And ultimately, there is a consequence of people not being in a relationship with God. Now, the good news is, is that as a Christian, I believe in a loving God. I believe that he is a perfect father. And that's one of the great characteristics that we celebrate. But one of those other characteristics is also that he is a judge. But the good news is, is that I believe that he is a fair judge. That he's not one that is spiteful, but actually would in and that be loving. But, and there is a but. We will be judged for our actions. And I do believe that people are going to a lost eternity. And whatever your theological views on heaven and hell may be, whatever you think that may look like, the reality is people are living in hell here on earth. And we can do something about it. 
And so many times when we read the stories of Jesus, when we read the Gospels, we see so many times Jesus gives illustrations and parables about the Father's heart. We see things like the parable of the 99 sheep, or it's actually 100 sheep, but the shepherd leaves the 99 to go after the one. So what else does the Bible say? Well, in Acts 1.18, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. You see, wherever we're located in the world, we have a responsibility. And in this passage here, it talks about Judea and Samaria. And that's talking about places maybe that are slightly further afield. So if you think about maybe the people you might interact with on a day-to-day basis. So it could be another parent at the school gates. It could be the person that you sit next to on the bus. Or just someone that you interact with. And it goes one further and then it says, go into all the world, which is pretty self-explanatory. But it all starts in our Jerusalem. It all starts in our home. It starts in where our world is. And for me and Beck, we've tried to be intentional with our neighbours. And one of the ways that we did that is when we moved house to where we live now, at Christmas time, we actually invite all of our neighbours round for mince pies and mulled wine. And we do that as a way to build relationships. And we've learned from past experience, if we're not intentional with it, we just won't get to know the people around us. And we've done that for a number of years. And because of COVID, we've not been able to do that. But it's built those relationships. And from that, we've had that opportunity to speak with our neighbors about our faith. So for us this morning, I want us to give us a practical exercise of how we can identify our Jerusalems. Because as I said, today we're talking about how can I, or how do we share our faith? Well, first of all, we have to identify who it is we're going to be sharing our faith to. And this is a great way of doing this. So if you've got your notepads, this is ideal. If you haven't and you're on a phone, it might be a bit more difficult. But what I want you to do in your notepads is draw a circle. And as again, if you're on the, boot, the, uh, the Soul Winners Boot Camp, you'll be familiar with this. But if you're not, it's a great thing to do. But it's to draw a circle. And up behind me on the screen, I'm just going to put a list of some of the different areas that I would count as our Jerusalems. And my Jerusalem equals my world. So the first one for us would be our family members. And this could be family members both near and far. So think about maybe the people who you live with in your homes. It could be further and more far afield. And I think about some of my family members that I maybe only see once a year, like Christmas, for example. The next one would be our friends, so both new and old. It could be people like our co-workers or our colleagues, Think about your neighbours and the people who live around you in your proximity. And then finally, the the people that we just interact with on a day-to-day basis. So it could be people from the gym, community groups that you're a part of. For me, it would be when I go kayaking and people I only ever see when I go kayaking. And inside this circle that you've just drawn, that is your Jerusalem. That is your unique world. And that is your mission field. And what I want you to encourage you to do is, as you go home, and as you go from here today, is to begin praying for those names on that list. 
Ask God for opportunities to talk with them about what you believe. Ask for moments where you could actually lead them to Christ. And ask God to bring others into their world also, so we can have a bit of a, a, a pincer movement. But thank God in faith for their salvation. And you don't have to pray for the same person every day and it become a religious thing. Just go with who you feel prompt to pray for on that day. And for those of you that have ever been in a prayer meeting with me, and like on Tuesday morning, I'm sure there'll be a similar opportunity. But quite often there are times where we just have a time where people can ask for prayer for certain things. And for me, I will always ask for prayer for my brother and for my granddad as people who I am believing in faith will come to know Jesus. So be a missionary to your Jerusalem. And we think about missionaries as people who go abroad, but the reality is it's people who take the good news of Jesus. We can show that in so many different practical and spiritual ways. So what I want you to encourage you to do is when you wake up every morning is to see yourself as a missionary. Know that you are going out and that you are being sent. Remind yourself of this on a daily basis. For me, a practical way that I do that is when I pray the Lord's Prayer and I pray, let your kingdom come. I will at that point pray, God, as I go into the office today, would your kingdom go with me? As I go into my meetings today, would your love go with me? And it's great, Chris, that example you shared. Just being natural, just in those everyday meetings and encounters that we have with people. But lifestyle of evangelism, it requires us to be intentional. When we go out into our world, we need to have our spiritual radars up. We need to be looking and listening to what Holy Spirit is saying to us and keep an eye out for those around us. So how do we practically share our faith? Well, I think, first of all, it really starts with us aligning our hearts with the will of the Father. Let me explain what I mean by that. You see, so many times when we read about Jesus, it'll say that Jesus was moved with compassion for people. You see, the heart for the lost, it is a heart issue. And a couple of weeks ago, Sarah gave a brilliant message on returning to our first love. And that is where it really begins. It comes from our love for Jesus. So I want to encourage you to let your love for people override any fears or any, anything that might stop us from sharing our faith and our first love with people. So practically, how do we actually share our faith? Well, one of the things that we can use is our testimony. We can use our story and we can use our account of what God has done within our lives. And our story is such a powerful thing because people can't argue with it. People can't argue with what God has done for you in your life. So I've got up here just on the screen a few ways that, that and a few things that our testimony should include. And I appreciate it. it's quite a long list now that I look at it like that. But just to point a few out. So what was your life like before you encountered Jesus? How was it that you came to encounter him? What did that moment look like? What did it look like leading up to that moment? But then more importantly, what has your life looked like since meeting Jesus? How has it changed, especially, how has it changed for the better? So what happened to you? And what has Jesus done for you since you've walked with him? In what ways has Jesus blessed you? Again, we're going back to our Subway sandwich. What are the things that he's loaded up for you? How has he blessed you? 
How has he healed you? Whether that is in a physical sense, an emotional sense, or even a spiritual sense. In what ways have you had breakthrough in your life? And ultimately, how is your life now different because of Jesus? And take some time to write it down. Because when you write it down, you can then see that sequence of how your testimony is laid out. And really, our testimonies, we should be able to share it in less than five minutes. Think about if you're on the bus with someone, how quickly might you have to share that? And, share, and practice it with people as well. Maybe with your husband, your wife, someone who's close to you knows you well. Just share that. And sort of another example for me from the last few weeks, I had an opportunity where I was in the car with a colleague for a number of hours. We were traveling to a meeting. And again, I wanted to try and be intentional with those relationships. And we got onto the conversation of faith because the conversation was stirred, uh, steered in that way. And they began to just share with me how they'd been brought up and their family and their parents are Hindu and just began to share a little bit about that upbringing, but how they've come to a place where they, they don't really know what they believe anymore or what faith means to them. And in that moment, I could have started sharing about how Christianity kind of compares as a religion and some of the differences, but I felt in that moment to just start sharing my testimony just start sharing what God's done in my life, how Jesus has transformed my life. And I was able to share how even in the last few years, how I have struggled with mental health and anxiety, but how I feel like Jesus has, has been able to help me through that. And I've been on a journey with that. And now I've come out with the other side and I was able to sort of share within the work environment through some of those pressures that actually through Jesus and through his help that we've come through that. And it was so encouraging because he sort of said, oh, you've made me think twice about that now. Maybe I should think about what I believe. And it's those sorts of just natural conversations. So I want to encourage you when you step out into your bespoke everyday life, go into it with a passion to communicate the truth of Jesus and what he's done in your life that is unique to you. So my next point for us, and we've read it already from Acts 1.8, but we are empowered to witness. And I'll read Acts 1.8 again for you, but it says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem, and so on and so on. You see, God is not expecting us to do this in our own ability. The only thing that God requires from us is our availability. And the amazing thing is that we are given that ability. And when we look at that word power, and we look at the translation, it can also mean ability. And that means that we are receiving a divine ability. See, Holy Spirit has been given to empower us. And we receive this gift of Holy Spirit. We receive this gift of power in faith. And we don't need to have tingly feelings. We don't need to have emotions around it. It's something that we believe in faith. But the difference of our witness, the difference as we communicate when we partner with the power of Holy Spirit is that we will receive a supernatural upgrade. See, we were never expected to try and do this in our own strength. God is looking for us to give our availability and he will step in with his ability. 
And I want to ask us a, ourselves a question this morning. It's a twofold question. It's this, first of all, are you available for God to use you to reach others? Have you made yourself available? And second of all, have you been empowered by Holy Spirit to do so? And that's a question that, that each of us have to answer individually. And hopefully the answer to those questions is, yes, I am available, and yes, I have been empowered. And if that's the case, then go and go and do it and have fun with it. But if the answer is no to those questions, if actually the answer is no to our availability, then maybe we need to go back to our first love and go back to Jesus and say, Jesus, give me a passion and a heart for this. And second of all, if you're sat here this morning, you don't feel like you've been empowered by Holy Spirit. If you're sat here today and you feel like you've never been baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, that you've never been prayed for to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to give an opportunity for us to do that today. So do not fear. But our feelings should never be the determining factor of what we do for God and his kingdom. And I I fall into this trap myself all the time. I can be very much feelings and emotion led. But just like that Subway sandwich, we have to know what we are commissioned to do and do it, no matter how we may feel about it. God wants us to walk in obedience. And when it comes to Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit, it's something we do in faith. And sometimes we have to step out in faith without necessarily necessarily feeling anything, which can almost for us in our kind of Western world, it's a little bit backwards. We want to experience something before we kind of step out sometimes. But I do believe that we're called to step out in faith. We're called to put that demand on Holy Spirit. And when we step out in faith, Holy Spirit will come through. And one final last story that I sort of just want to share with you is literally from this week. And I wasn't planning on pouring it in and it kind of happened. But I was in the office with a work colleague and they just began sharing about some physical pain that they were in. And as, as they began to share, I sort of thought to myself, here we go. As I had that kind of like, that nudge from Holy Spirit. And in that moment, I had, I had, to, make a, I had to make a split moment decision of, Am I going to engage with this or am I just going to ignore it? And I kind of, I always, whenever someone tells me that they're, they're struggling in, in some way, I, I want to be able to offer to pray for them. I said, look, can I pray for you? And again, it opened up a conversation where they began to share how throughout the pandemic and throughout lockdown that they've really struggled with faith and struggled to believe if God is even real. And I, again, offered to pray for them. And Ken, I was in the office, so a little bit of wisdom. I said, look, I'm about to go on my lunch. Let's go through to the break area, and I'll pray for you. So we went through, just began to talk with her, began to share with her. And one of my colleagues then sort of strolls in. And I'm aware that one of my other colleagues, that he's been brought up a Muslim, and I'm aware he's got very different beliefs, very different faiths. So I'm uber aware of what I'm saying. And I'm there with my colleague and both of them are there. I just began to share. I said, look, you know, I believe that God loves you. I believe that he's pleased with you. And that actually, you know, I just want to pray for you and pray for healing. And had that time, had that prayer. My colleagues stood there listening in and sort of come to the end of the prayer. I said, look, you know, just, just begin to move. How would you feel? And she sort of said, well, to be honest, the pain's still there. I don't feel any different. And I was like, you know, fair enough. I believe, keep praying. 
And I must admit, I went away from that just feeling like, you know, I stepped out in faith there and it didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go. But then later that evening, I got a message from my colleague. And she just messaged and she said, look, you know, thank you for praying for me today. It's, it's really blessed me and encouraged me. And it, oh, again, it opened up a conversation to the point where she said, look, I'd love to come to church with you. So we've now, we've booked a Sunday and they're going to come to church. And the reason why I share this is because it, it started with a conversation. It started with a conversation. And I want to encourage you that the art of conversation it is an important skill when it comes to winning souls. And you just have to start that conversation. Just be real with people. Again, don't have to be weird. Don't have to be someone you're not. Just build those intentional relationships. Asking people about their weekend and be open about church. Be open about what Jesus is doing in your life. Because in my experience, I've found that people respond when we're authentic. People know. People know us. If you're not being you, people will know. And there's so many different things we can do to open up those conversations. You can use my line and just ask, you know, do you have a faith? Do you believe in a higher power? In the book, one of the examples is to ask the question, you know, who do you think Jesus was or who do you think Jesus is? But for us individually, I want to encourage you to pray and ask Holy Spirit how you should start conversations How is it that you should start a conversation maybe with that individual that you are praying for? Because God will use your uniqueness. He's able to use your uniqueness to reach people that maybe other people wouldn't be able to. We all have different personalities, different experiences, different gifts that God can use in so many different ways. And I've given examples this morning of of sharing faith and maybe talking to people, but there are so many other creative ways that we can share our faith. We can use things like social media to do that. You can share church posts. You can share encouraging Bible passages. There's so many different videos. And I think a hint's already been dropped in the the Soul Winners Boot Camp about maybe recording our testimony as well, to put that out there. But from a content point of view, when we're sharing our faith with people, what is it we're actually communicating? And at the back of the connect point, you'll, you might have noticed these, you might have walked past them many Sundays, but the, this is called the four points tract. And this just explains in a really simple way what it is we believe as followers of Jesus. And literally in 30 seconds or a minute, you can communicate, you can say, look, I believe that God loves each and every single one of us. I believe that he's a loving father. But actually, we've fallen short of God's standard. We all get stuff wrong, and the Bible calls it sin. And as a result of that sin, we've been separated from God. But God loved us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross. And when Jesus did that, it created a bridge from us to God. And all of a sudden, that separation was no no longer there. And actually, all we need to do is ask Jesus to come into our lives. All we have to do is ask for that forgiveness. Literally, as quick as that, you can share what it is that we believe. And if you're sat here this morning, and if maybe you've never responded to Jesus, you've never responded to that forgiveness and that relationship that is available to each of us, I want to offer that out to you this morning. That All you have to do in your heart is say, Jesus, I accept you. I receive your forgiveness, and I choose to follow you. I want to make you my first love in my life. So really, just in closing, and just a couple of key things for us to remember when it comes to sharing our faith. 
remember that sometimes we are part of a process. It's useful to remember we're not always the one who actually might lead someone to Christ, but actually we can be a part of a bigger picture. That we can sow seeds in someone's journey to discovering Christ. And our role is to just be ready, ready to communicate to others who Jesus is and what he's done for them. And when we're having our conversations, just be sensitive. Just be sensitive to where people are at spiritually. And, you know, we're not here to try and win arguments as well. We'll leave that for Alpha. (laughs) But really, we're just trying to win people to Jesus. And in our zeal, just be aware of that as we communicate to people. And I'm going to invite the band to come up and to come get ready and for, for Tim to just come and play on the keys. I just want to just, just really finish with one last final Bible passage. And it's from 2 Peter 3.9. And it says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. The Father's heart is that no one should perish, but actually he wants everyone to come to him. And we have the privilege of going out in that power. We have that privilege of being commissioned to go out. So remember, as you go back with those circles, be praying for those names. And it's worth pointing out, remember, just as much as God wants to win people's souls, actually there is an enemy, there is a devil as well, who doesn't want to let those people go. So it starts with prayer, and it continues with a conversation. So the two things I asked this morning, are we available, and have we been empowered? And we're going to have some time of worship now, and I want you to answer that question for yourself. Come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm available. And if you're here this morning, you feel like you've never been prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit. As we sing, as we worship, I'm believing for an environment where Holy Spirit is already here. And I want you to believe in faith that you will receive that power. And I'm going to make myself available as well after this morning's service. I'm going to be here at the side of the stage with the prayer team. And we're here and we're available to pray with you. And, but specifically, if you've never received the power of the Holy Spirit before, I want to just give that invitation this morning that you can do that. And for the rest of us, as we pray and sing, let's believe in faith that we're going to be refilled and refreshed, empowered as we go out in the Great Commission, that we're going out in power and strength.